this passage begins with a, um, an interesting word. Paul says, for I consider. As a college student, I had two accounting classes, and this word consider is an accounting term. Uh, some translations say, for I reckon. Um, to reckon or to consider is to put something in a debit or credit column. If you are an accountant, then you uh, as an accountant will put an expense in a debit column. You will put uh, income in a credit column. That's where it goes in accounting. Accounts receivable, accounts payable. Um, it's not an emotional thing to do that. It's factual. It's simply what you do. And Paul says here, I consider. Meaning this is not, uh, he's engaging us in an intellectual pursuit. We need to think through this. And as we think through this, we need to process it out. And so this morning, I'm asking you to think first and feel second. I hope feelings will come. I can't promise you that. But I'm asking you to think first and to feel second. To come to terms with, that's what this term consider means. And as I do it, and as I ask you to do this, I ask you to do it with a heavy heart. I received a call just before service started this morning that someone we have prayed for for years at this church went to be with the Lord. Hope Kelly died this morning. Hope has battled cancer for years. She has been faithful, faithful, faithful in her fight. She's young. Her daughter, Shelby, who just graduated college as a school teacher, is the one who called me. I was on the phone with Kelly this weekend when she had this angst, borne out by our situation. Should I take mom to the ER? If I do, and they put her in the hospital, will she die alone without us? Jerry, what do we do? I must say to you this morning that this season has been wrought with remarkable pain and difficulty. The reality of hungry people in our county has weighed on us with an unforeseen weight, and the reality of suffering is real. I watched as you logged in, and I, I saw that Layla Siegel joined us, Margaret Grindstaff. The names continue of fellow saints and fellow sufferers. This message is especially for you this morning. I saw Aunt Phoebe, Wendy's aunt, who just lost her husband to a battle with cancer. She's with us this morning. 
This morning, I'm going to ask you not necessarily to feel what I say, but to believe it. We are going to look at four qualities of hope. Hope's companion first is suffering. Paul opens this section by saying, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Well, what sufferings is Paul talking about? Paul's list of sufferings, which he himself wrote in his letters, is substantial. Let me read some of them to you this morning. He says, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, faced death often. From the Jews, five times I received 39 stripes. Three times, Paul says, I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. This is Paul's list in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in often fastings, in cold and nakedness. That's Paul's list. He says in 2 Corinthians, given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. In 2 Timothy 1.15, abandoned by my friends, he says, while imprisoned. In 2 Corinthians 1.8, despaired even of life. Paul wanted to die. That's his own list. And Paul says these sufferings cause us to groan, to sigh to make a guttural sound of exasperation. But Paul says not only do we groan as human beings, but creation around us groans. He explains that when Adam and Eve sinned, God cursed creation and plunged it into a time of groaning. God subjected God did that. Adam and Eve did not do that. God, in Genesis 3, subjected creation to futility. And ever since, ever since Genesis 3, creation longs to be made right again. Creation around us groans as we do. Hope's companion is suffering. If If we do not suffer, we do not know how to hope. If you have all you want now, you will not want all you could have then. If you have all you want now, you will not want all you could have then. Suffering sticks a rock in the shoe of the saint and reminds us that there indeed is more to life. Hope's companion is suffering. Hope's object is glory. 
Hope, by definition, must have an object. There must be something to hope in and toward. If you are hoping there's something in front of you for which you are hoping, and for the believer, and for creation too, the object of our hope is the glory of God. Romans 8.18, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be so present and is to be revealed to us. So let me try to get at this thing of glory for a moment. Two and a half or so years ago, our kitchen leaked, and it was an awful leak. We had to rip everything out. I worked here all day and worked there all night, literally up until 1 and 2 in the morning for three months to get the kitchen back in order. What motivated me were images of the new kitchen, images of the glory, if you will, of the new cabinets, the new floor, the new fixtures, the new table, the new everything, images of that, that image, the object of my hope was a new kitchen. Notice how Paul writes this. He, under the inspiration of the Spirit, uses his words carefully. He says, glory that is to be revealed to us. Look at verse 19. For the creation waits with eager longing longing for the revealing of the sons of God. So, This is where you've got to consider, to reckon, to to think with me this morning. When you come to God by faith in Jesus Christ, you have an inner glory, an inner glory that is covered by an earthly body and marked by external circumstances. One day, when this earthly body is no more, your inner glory will be finally revealed. That word revealed, I'll say in the Greek, I seldom do it, but you'll get the English word, apocalypto, apocalypse, to take the cover off of. So if it is revealed, hear me, you cannot produce your own glory. It is there waiting to be revealed. It is there waiting to be uncovered. Now, there are moments of glory, moments when you and I live like Christ, love so like Christ, give so like Christ, speak so like Christ that your inner glory illumines everything around you. Unless you misunderstand me, your inner glory is not some spark of good that's just waiting to be fanned to a large flame. No, Colossians 1.27 tells us, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is what? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Your inner glory is Christ who came to live in you when you came to faith in him. He is your glory. And this week in life groups, this is where you're going to dive deeper. Here are some questions you can begin thinking about now that you'll think about and discuss then. What is glory? What does it mean? How have you seen God's glory displayed in you and through you 
during all of this coronavirus stuff? And where have you wished you would see more of it? I just want to say to you, I think this is very difficult to grasp because it's very difficult to apply to our lives. So I'm going to give very specific application now that you can sort out into your own life. If you have lost your job, the glory of God is not necessarily getting your job back. The glory of God is Christ in you while you wait. You've got to get that. If your husband or wife cheated on you, the glory of God is not your restored marriage. The glory of God is who you are and who your spouse is while you suffer through the loss of trust. If your marriage is restored, praise the Lord. But the restoration of your marriage is not your ultimate glory. If you are diagnosed with cancer, the glory of God is not your healing. If that were the case, the glory of God has failed us on more than one occasion in this place. No. The glory of God is how you suffer. The glory of God is who you are. If you've unexpectedly lost a loved one, if you've unexpectedly lost a child, the glory of God is not how you think every moment of every day of your son or your daughter. No, the glory of God is how you live in light of the loss. That is the glory of God. If you live life for the glory of God, you will live life here and love life there. That's what it means to live for his glory. Hope's object is not my glory. It isn't your glory. It isn't the glory of Grace Community Church. It isn't the glory of a politician. It isn't the glory of a cure. It isn't the glory of a vaccine. It isn't the glory of whatever may be in your mind. It is Christ in you and hopefully coming out of you. Christ in me and hopefully coming out of me. Hope's method is waiting. If something has to be revealed, it stands to reason we wait for that. Somebody's got to take the cover off. If you watch HGTV, they talk about the big reveal. In the meantime, there are rotten boards to be replaced, walls to be moved, floors to be installed, and then there is the big reveal. Reveal. The word wait occurs three times in this passage, and it is not a typical use of the word. Look at the three occurrences. Verse 19, wait with eager longing. Verse 23, wait eagerly. 
Verse 25, wait for it with patience. Same word every time in the Greek. To wait with eager longing literally means this, to wait with one's neck stretched out. So, this is how we wait. I want to say to you that God is the ultimate patient waiting God. 1 Peter 3.20, never saw this till this week, but this will preach. Speaking of Noah's day, because they formerly did not obey, everybody who lived in Noah's day, when God's patience waited. Have you ever seen that? When his patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through the water. So how long did it take to build the ark? Somewhere, depending on where you land on the scholars and their understanding of Scripture, somewhere between 100 and 120 years. God waited 100 to 120 years for eight people to be saved. That's the same word that Paul uses. This word waited here is the same word Paul uses in Romans 8. Incidentally, I I found this article from Business Insider of all places. A group of, uh, I think, physics students and scientists at the University of Leicester in England studied the dimensions of the ark and said, based on the size of it, based on the wood it was made out of, based on all of these things that they alone would study, that they don't know if it could have held in its physical sense of space, but as far as weight, could have carried 70,000 animals without sinking. 70,000. What does that say to me? God waited for more than eight. He waited for more than eight. It also says, incidentally, that when Paul says all of creation groans, that creation matters to him. Animals, he put them on the ark. According to this passage, creation waits for us to be revealed. We wait for our full adoption, which is new bodies. Hope's companion is suffering. Hope's object is glory. Hope by necessity includes waiting. But I'm here to say to you, you cannot do this alone. You cannot. Hope's helper is the Spirit. How are we going to get there? How are we going to wait with our necks stretched out? We can't do it without help. The ultimate waiting God 
when you come to him by faith in Jesus, comes to live in you, and he waits in you. Verse 23 says, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. It's the word first fruits that's big. As most of you know, I grew up, um, we planted almost everything we ate. For years, when mom went to the grocery store once a week, it was back in the brown bag days, right? No plastic brown bag days about this tall, one a week. And that was everything. Toiletries, everything. To feed, at that point, a family of five. We just grew. Mom canned. We grew everything we ate. What are first fruits? First fruit is that first ripe tomato. It's that first ready squash. Now, I have my favorite first fruit. It's not a tomato. It's not a squash. It's new potatoes. They're the best. Dad would say, go to the garden, son, but don't dig too deep. We planted our potatoes in ridges. He'd say, just dig right underneath the ridge, and you're going to find right underneath the ridge those small new potatoes, skin not yet developed. Barely rub those things, the skin come off. This isn't healthy at all. This is how we ate. We raised a pig and killed it. We used the lard for grease. And I bring those new potatoes in, and mom would take them and barely wash them because a little dirt don't hurt. All right, so mom would bring those potatoes in, barely wash them, cut them in half, put that lard in that pan, throw those potatoes in there, brown them on every side until they're crisp on the outside and soft on the inside. Wow. First fruits. Do you know what those first new potatoes said to me? They're going to be more. That's what the Holy Spirit says to you every day if you listen. There's more where that came from. Now, now, what are the first fruits? Are the first fruits the first time you share the gospel? Or are the first fruits when you were baptized? Are the first fruits when you know what are the first fruits? The, the first fruits is the Spirit Himself. As a matter of fact, if you look at this and pull apart the Greek, you'll discover that it would read just like this. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits, that is the Spirit, grown inwardly as we waited eagerly for adoption as sons. As C.S. Lewis says, if you find in yourself a longing that this world cannot satisfy, it means you were made for another world. The Spirit comes to live in you, and all of a sudden, this life will not satisfy you. I would say it's so easy for me to sit down with, with Hope Kelly and to see her suffer and to watch her go through everything she went through. And Hope would say to you, there is a life beyond this one. 
But I'm going to say to you, if you're watching, if you're listening later, and you're healthy, and you're wealthy, and you have everything you can imagine, could I say to you, when the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, he will begin to create in you a longing that your health and your wealth will never satisfy Buy that next toy. Get that new gadget. Do whatever it is you do. I promise you that next toy, that new gadget, that nice bike, that new boat, whatever it is, it won't do it. It won't do it. The Spirit creates a longing for another world. How do we see it? I said at the talk time before we got on this morning with the service that Wendy is uh, laid off. And so uh, we were online trying to do all that stuff. It made me late getting here today. She and I trying to figure it out. And the whole time I'm praying, Jerry, be patient. Jerry, be patient. Wendy's frustrated she's making me late, but she's not making me. Just, Jerry, be patient. What is the first fruit? When the Spirit leads you to love others well, and it's outside and beyond yourself, that's a foretaste of heaven. It's a foretaste. When the Spirit empowers you to say no to sin, That's a foretaste of heaven. When the Spirit gives you a sense of God's presence that is so real you can hardly stand it, that's a foretaste of heaven. Verse 24 says, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. We wait with patience. So I've invited a couple friends to join me, and this song is so fitting. There, you guys can come on up. There are many things I do not understand. I cannot pretend to. I cannot pretend to understand so much of what's going on in our country right now. I don't get so much of what's going on around the world with this virus. I do not understand. I don't get it. But this song talks about a God who knows what we don't. And so um, some of you have been tuning in on Thursday nights and uh, Jamie and Savannah join me and we just sing around my piano and old hymns and spiritual songs as uh, Paul instructs us to do. And this is one of those spiritual songs. I don't know the clear distinction between all those terms, but it's a song that helps us to see and feel 
that God is with us. And it says he sees what we don't. And so uh, we're going to share that with you. Uh, and uh, just being real, they, they rolled in about 10 minutes ago. So kind of like around my piano on Sunday night uh, or Thursday nights. Um, we're not the polish of who was up here on this stage before us. Um, but listen to the words of this song. It is so, so good. Good morning.
so heavy this morning. Honestly, we stand before you as a church gathered not in this room, but mourning the loss of one of our own. And we know that you know what's best. Sometimes it's honestly out of our view. Lord, the, the hope I have is what I've just preached. But the hope I have is the people that we as a church family have watched suffer unbelievably. stand in this place with the arms lifted and praise you. Savannah, sing that verse again. I've seen his children. Listen. I've seen his children walk through the
Amen. If you need us, you know how to reach us, reach out to us on Facebook, through YouTube, email us. Um, Adrian will have a closing video. It's been so good to worship with you. Thank you guys for Thank stepping in. I know you guys have to get to your own churches <laughs> and uh, have your own services. All right. God bless you. Hey, thank you for tuning in today. We are glad that you did. Our desire is that this message brought you hope, as you have heard Jerry mention multiple times. So let us know in the comments how God used it. Let us know in the comments how God is working in your life. Don't forget this Wednesday night at 6 o'clock is our family worship service. Families with younger kids, tune into that. It's going to be a phenomenal time. Uh, once again, I hope you guys enjoyed today, and I hope you have a great week.